Well, hey everybody, Andy Cavernan here with another Cornerstone Connection Daily Devotional. When I was in the Middle East this summer and we were witnessing, sharing the gospel with people that we encountered, one of the common themes that kept coming up when we were talking to people is, hey, we we don't mind you believing in what you believe, we believe in what we believe, you believe in what you believe, and, and everybody will just get along and it's no big deal. And of course, we didn't really believe that's what they thought, but it was kind of what they were trained to say in order to keep the peace. But it reflects sort of a cultural phenomenon that's not not limited to the U.S., although certainly prevalent in the U.S. and other Western cultures, but also in Eastern cultures like where I was this summer, that that we try to find common ground in all things. Now, uh, that's certainly not a universal truth. There's plenty of polarization. But when it comes to faith, a typical conversation is, hey, it doesn't really matter what you believe. It just matters that we all get along and that we respect each other and those kinds of things. And, And while there are some admirable qualities about that in especially in terms of respecting each other and valuing everyone. Every person created in the image of God is is important, and we ought to respect and, and honor that. And yet... Here's the thing. (laughs) There comes a time when it's important to decide what really is of utmost important. What is really that which we can't negotiate on? And certainly when I'm talking to somebody of a completely different faith, uh, we're not agreeing on those things. And and if we both really believe what we we profess, if we both really believe the doctrines that are a part of our faith, then it it really isn't okay. And, And Paul reflects this in a book to, in a letter, to Titus. This is one of the pastoral epistles. Titus is is one of Paul's uh, protégés, and he's writing to Titus to help him to to navigate what it looks like to do life in the church and to be a leader in the church. And this is what he says in Titus 1, uh, verse 10 and following. He says, For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. Okay, so there are these people they're walking around, they're of the circumcision party. That means that they're trying to say that, yeah, you can be a Christian, but you still have to be circumcised. You still have to follow Jewish customs. We'll, we'll see. Paul has some strong words for these people. But first, listen to this. He says, verse 11, they must be silenced. Uh, listen, they must be silenced since they're upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not teach. Here, these, these people, these members of the circumcision party are trying to benefit, are trying to exploit people. People by teaching them doctrine that just isn't true. And Paul says, look, you need to shut them down, Titus. If you're a leader in the church, you got to silence them. He says, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, so these are Cretans uh, here, uh, he said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. And Paul says, their testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They're detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. Now, Paul gets away with using some really strong language because he can back it up in every capacity. I, in my ministry, in my life, would be reticent probably to use such harsh language, and yet it's absolutely warranted here for these Cretans, for these people. They are liars. They are trying to deceive the church, and Paul has no time for them. And he says, Titus, you got to defend the church, and you got to defend the doctrine. you got to be willing to stick your neck out and say, look, this is not okay. And friends, it reminds me as a pastor 
pastor, but it reminds all of us as a church, and we're a congregational church, so together we're responsible for upholding the doctrine of the church. It reminds me that we need to draw a line sometimes, and we need to be willing to say, look, this is the teaching of Scripture, and so we have to stand behind it. Now, we got to be discerning. Note, this is an issue of salvation importance. This is gospel-central kinds of stuff. These people are trying to say, hey, you got to do some good works in order to get into heaven, in order to be right with God. Paul doesn't have any time for that, and friends, neither do we. We don't have any time for for a a salvation process or a salvation, uh, a soteriology is what we would say theologically, a soteriology that requires works for salvation. Salvation is by what? (laughs) It's by grace. Through who? Uh, through, through what? Faith. In who? Christ. Uh, friends, alone. <laughs> Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone. That's what we affirm as we read the scripture. And so we need to stand for that. Friends, sometimes false doctrine and people that are teaching it must be silenced. Uh, let's be careful not to silence people in a way that, that is untrue or uh, disingenuous. Let's be careful uh, in how we go about this process. But let's not neglect to stand in the sound doctrine that that the word represents that we've been taught and let's let's defend it and let's be willing uh, to 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 say hey this is the truth friends let's uh, let's follow the lord together today god bless you have a great day and lord willing we'll see you again soon on the cornerstone connection daily devotional